Welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco. And it's going to be a really good show because it's been a while since we've been here telling stories about things that have happened. Um, it's been a really long time, man. We missed Halloween. We missed the election. And uh, next week, we're going to miss Thanksgiving because of COVID. And so I'm not complaining or anything, but fuck, man. I, I really grew up in the last eight months, you know, not seeing my mom, her not wanting to see me. And what's fucked up is that, like, I used to have a serious drug problem, and she was cool with seeing me then. But now, because of fucking COVID, she doesn't want to see me. She's scared I'm going to give her something, you know? But, like, when I was on pain pills and my mom would tell me about her aches and pain, I'd make her take, like, a quarter of my, like, dilated. Oh, man, yeah, that fucking pain went away. But, you know, I never got her hooked, even though I tried to get her, like, pills. I didn't tr never try to get my mom hooked on pills. I'm just saying that I'm a good fucking son. And I'm generous when I get pills from the doctors. And so should you. Because a lot of us don't have medical insurance. And when I was getting those pills, I was getting it through workers' comp. But at any rate, I just celebrated eight years of not doing any type of prescription pain pill, opioids, uh, or heroin for eight years, three months ago. We missed that, too. Uh, and then yesterday, I just celebrated my eight-year anniversary of uh, performing stand-up as an adult. So between those two things, like a lot of shit has been cracking lately for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, dude, I started doing comedy three months after I was clean. So my brain was just cottage cheese and I didn't know how to communicate with people. And I was watching a lot of like Tosh.0 with Daniel Tosh. And so I thought, oh, cool. You could get away with these fucking jokes by just fucking having these like edgy ass topics. But you know, I learned over time, you have to have like a certain following and fan base to do that. Or you got to at least be pretty, which I'm not. Or, or 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 in shape and so like you know i haven't been working on it either you know i've heard people calling out fat people like hey if you haven't even fucking done anything yet to better your health in the pandemic don't come at me with i gotta wear my mask because you haven't done shit and you know what fuck you um it's hard being a fat guy i'm not trying to pander and shit but you know <clears throat> i just think it's fucked up that there's a lot of people out there right now who have gained a lot of fucking weight since the pandemic has started and they just think they're part of like fat society and you're not you're gonna get fucking jumped into the fat crew all right fc for life fat crew forever all right there's no fucking fat gang there'd be fucking no initiation there'd be fucking nothing like that you know what would a fat guy initiation be like you go steal all the fucking crunch bars from the 7-eleven you run out and you split it amongst your fat brethren no one's gonna run fuck that shit we're not gonna risk it <laughs> But at any rate, yeah, dude, it's been a crazy time. This COVID, um, this election, this uh, supposed voter fraud. I don't want to get into that shit. This shit's polarizing and it takes attention away from me. And I think I have more interesting shit to talk about than a fucking painted dildo. And let me just state this because I'm going to get canceled anyways. Uh, and no one listens to this. So who gives a fuck? But it's true, though. Uh, and I'm only going to say this because it's only relevant until uh, January. And uh, I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, it, it sucks that if I call the president a retard, I will be held to a higher standard by um, <clears throat> people who have nothing to do with anything, who are just family and friends. Uh, I'm going to by my by my educate by my uh, um, educational, um, occupational 
bosses, they can fire me for saying that I said that our president's retarded. And uh, in, in stand-up comedy, you could get fired for saying somebody's retarded. Like, I couldn't say that at a comedy club. Um, you, you could imply it, but, like, you know, me personally, like, I, I would never call someone a retard at a comedy club. But I have called people a retard, though. Like, that's definitely happened before. And, and it sucks because, like, uh, you know who held my, my feet to the fire after that? A stand-up comedian who told me that it was not right that I did that joke. And I'm like, I, it wasn't even a joke. It was like a response to an irate heckler who I could not understand because they were unintelligible. So that's that's the worst part about this whole cancel culture is that when other comedians try to come at you and try to censor you, it's like, listen, I don't tell you not to do your mom jokes because like, like, like for real, it's like if you were to do a survey before the show and be like, what jokes do you want to hear? and What jokes do you not want to hear? Like if you just go into the crowd and ask them questions like, hey, you guys want to hear about my day job? Everyone's going to be like, no, no, one gives a fuck. You just got to fucking shove it down their fucking throat and just be like, this is what happened to my day job. And it was hilarious. Trust me. And that's the type of attitude you got to have. I don't know all these fucking asking questions on stage. I think the, the only questions I ask is, you know, you're trying to hop on board the Hispanic Titanic tonight because that's a great fucking question. I love asking questions like that because sometimes like people are down and, and it's always funniest when it's like a hot chick or a fucking hot dude. That's like great. Or like a couple. Dude, I, I, I've made couples kiss, straight couples, gay couples, guy gay couples, female gay couples. Like I'm an equal opportunist kiss artist. Okay. I want all these people to kiss. I want everyone to have a good time. I mean, this is pre-COVID days. All right. So like the good old days, nine months ago. But anyway, yeah, during COVID now, it's just Zoom shows. Zoom shows are fucking cool, man. If they're a good Zoom show, if there's people there with their microphones on, it's fucking great. I swear to God, there's a lot of comedians and like even respectable comedians are saying that Zoom shows are fucking whack. And I'll do respect to all these professional comedians that they make the whole money off of just doing stand up. Uh, sometimes the shows you're on suck. And and I can't do anything about that, you know, like, but some of the shows are really fucking great. Like, you know, some shows have fucking like 500 fucking people on them, 200, 150, 120. Like, dude, this COVID has been crazy and it sucks because the worse the weather is, the more motherfuckers come out to the Zooms. And that has been proven with the fires, with the shelter in place laws. It's really been a fucked up situation right here. And you know what? Like, it's, it's all to support local comedy. It's all to, you know, and let me give a shout out right now to Best of SF Stand Up. They've been really fucking great. I've had a residency there every week doing new jokes. I have come up with over 35 minutes of new material, of which 30 minutes works. Uh, somebody called me out like, hey, none of your shit's going to work during live shows. But I've done four live shows since the pandemic. And they were all like within the month of uh, October, the late October, the 27th and the 30th. That's a Tuesday and a Friday. Like, it was crazy, dude. Like, like I really did outdoor comedy shows and like in like 53 degree weather. So, you know, I was wearing a leather jacket. I was wearing these tight pants. Or, I mean, for me, they're skinny jeans. They're, like, supposed to be regular fit jeans. But, like, I'm fat as fuck. And, like, they aren't designed for fat guys like me. So, they're, like, skinny jeans. But, like, the thing about them is, like, they're thick. And they rub up against me really close. So, they keep me warm. So, those are, like, my man stockings. 
So, like, that's how I keep warm because, you know, if I wear fucking sweats, I'm going to look like a fat-ass slob even more so than I already am. So, you know, I got to do that type of prevention where I just don't look that bad by, you know, having these skinny jeans. But, you know, like when you're a fat guy wearing tight jeans, people will bust your balls mercilessly just because you look funny. You know, I I don't know, dude. I'm not one of those fat guys that wear fucking sweats. I cannot stand fat guys that wear sweats. I'd rather see a fat guy in shorts on stage than a fat guy in sweats. All right? Like, I don't even want to fucking think about it. Like, it's fucking gross. Like, it's just like, dude, how many times have you jerked off in those fucking sweats? How many fucking cum stains are on there? Like, is there a fucking black light? That's the most embarrassing fucking thing. When you're in a nightclub doing stand-up and you can see the fucking cum stains on the fucking pants of the comedian or DJ on stage, that shit's fucking hilarious, all right? Yeah, I've been to dirty fucking places, dude. I made a list of fucking places I've performed at, dude. I've performed at an abandoned warehouse, okay? And, um... After the ghost ship fire that happened in Oakland, California, um, like 30-something people died because it was uh, cramped conditions and they had a party and they caught on fire and then they got trapped within the building and 30 people perished. So RIP to all those people, that's fucked up. But when that happened, then Burnt Ramen in Richmond, which is like a, like, like a skateboard alternative concert venue, and then they had a comedy show there. It was fucking sick. It was all these fucking gutter punks and metal. Like, like yeah, there were gutter punks. They were cool motherfuckers. That's a great crowd. Because you could talk about cocaine and heroin. And they're like, fuck yeah, brother. And I love crowds like that. Like, I like dirty motherfuckers that, like, aren't, like, ill. You did heroin? That's fucking disgusting. You know, and, and it's like they're taking fucking, like, two Lexapro a day and shit, thinking they're better than me. It's like, yeah, I know. I need mood stabilizers, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't take mood stabilizers, but I also don't take heroin anymore, okay? I'm on a much better regimen now, all right? I'm on ethanol and uh, benzodiazepines. No, I'm just kidding. Ethanol being alcohol and benzodiazepines being, like, Valium and Xanax and Clonopin. Um, which has been hard to get lately, okay, because I haven't had medical insurance. And the thing about it was when I did have medical insurance, I fucked up because I I was a no-show twice for my psychiatrist. And so he charged me $330 for two missed appointments. That's fucked up. That's extortion right there. That's $165 per appointment that I missed. So I was like, fuck this guy. But what I did was what I learned from my other druggy friends was that you can call in the pharmacy and ask for a refill to ask them to fax a refill request to the doctor for the uh, medication that you're trying to get more of. You can't do this Vicodin. You can't do this with Oxycontin, but you can do this with pretty much every fucking pill. Like seriously, any type of anxiety pills, depression pills, diabetes pills. Like if you run out of insurance and you still have that doctor and it's like like on record what your what your uh, ailment is or what your diagnosis is, they, if your doctor's cool, they will refill it. My doctor, even though I owed him three hundred and thirty dollars, he still refilled my shit for eight months. But you know, like I really got into it with that psychiatrist. I told him about like a lot of fucked up shit in my life. I told him that I beat up some dude outside who was breaking bottles in the parking lot where me and my wife park our cars. And, you know, it got real. And so, like, when I told him that, he's like, oh, well, you were taking 15 milligrams of clonazepam a month, and now you're going to be taking 30 milligrams. And now I'm going to give you more propanol. 
whatever the fuck that was. I didn't even take that shit. I just took the fucking clonazepam, and I'm like, woo, fuck yeah. And then he's like, you're not supposed to take this more than four months. And I'm like, every motherfucker that takes this shit's been on it for a minimum four years or four decades, depending on who you're talking to. But at any rate, um, I'm not telling you guys how to get free drugs. I'm trying to get you to get more of your medication after you lose coverage because we're in the United States, baby. And here what's most important is that you end up on your feet and you have the medication that you need to survive. And the government doesn't give a shit about that, all right? There isn't health care for everybody. We spend hella money on fucking wars, but we don't give a shit about everybody suffering right now with COVID or motherfuckers that lost their businesses, their livelihoods, their identity because of this fucking pandemic. You guys don't give a fuck. You don't give a shit if somebody is nurtured to be the best they can be at a profession that they're really great at. What you care about is fucking having these corporations that pay you billions and billions and billions of fucking dollars in fucking lobbyist payments. You don't give a fuck about anything else. Okay, let's get fucking silly now. Um, I made it on the news. I made it on the news. <laughs> That's a shitty transition. Who gives a fuck? Uh, I made it on the news recently. Uh, my brother sent me a text message with a flyer that I was on for a benefit in Concord for a bowling alley a shout out to Clayton Valley Bowl and um unfortunately I wasn't on that show and they used the wrong flyer but I was I was on the news and my brother sent me this really shitty grainy picture of myself on the news and I'm like fuck yeah I made it I fucking made it I'm a fucking celebrity and shit Okay, I'm just kidding. That isn't how I felt. But, I mean, I did say that because I thought it was funny. Like, because some, some people are so egotistical. Like, I was on the news. Look at me. Like, you know, I wonder if there's, like, any, like, chicks I used to like in elementary school or middle school or high school that saw that, who still live in the Bay, who never left the Bay, who are like, oh, fuck, I wonder if that's Victor Pacheco, the fat guy I went to school with. He has a beard. He looks Mexican as fuck. That's probably him. It's like, who the fuck else, you know? <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um been good fucking times um i've re I, I i reached a new milestone you know for in my comedy career i did an entire 15 minute set clean no swearing no curse words no goddamn no fuck yous it was hard it was really hard especially with hecklers like i literally had to tell the guy okay sir can you please stop talking like that's, that's that's how you stop a that's how I stop a heckler from you know trying to take over the sound waves of the show because I'm not having it you know forget that guy see right now instead of saying fuck that guy I said forget that guy you can do it you have to be really conscious of it and it's just like you got to be like okay that's what I'm gonna do but I don't know it, it's harder to be funny when you're clean it really is and you know people giving me the opportunities to do so. Uh, has been really awesome, and I do appreciate that so much. So real big shout-out to Lisa Gadildig. She's really fucking great. Check out her show, uh, Kung Pao Comedy. Uh, she, before the pandemic, she used to do – she's Jewish, and she used to do comedy shows on Christmas in a Chinese restaurant, all right? Lisa's a badass motherfucker. I love her. She's a great producer. She's very nice. She's very supportive. Uh, I love her so much. 
Um, I make a joke about how I look like a proud Samoan lesbian woman with a beard. I asked her if I could say that on her show, and she said yes. So I was like, fuck yeah, cool. And she's like, that's not a dirty joke. It's just all these fucks and goddamns and cunts. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, you know, I won't say any of that. And so she keeps it real. I love her, you know? And um, she doesn't swear on st- – oh, no, she does swear. She does swear. I've heard her say fucks and, you know, fuck Donald Trump. But, <laughs> no, it's cool. No, not during her not during her clean show. Her clean show, she was clean. But, yeah, dude, like I mentioned earlier, I've done some live shows. So for all you people that say that anybody who congregates during this COVID is being unsafe, I don't think you've been to some of these comedy shows. Because if you have, you, you would notice that we go through some precautions to – um ensure that people don't get sick we wipe down the mic before we get on every performer gets on um so yeah i should have worn latex gloves that would have been much better but the thing is like comedians spit into the microphone as they talk and say the punch you know um type of um punch lines and it's really fucked up because um Comics are, are are really doing everything that we can right now to survive, and there's still people shitting on it, and there's still people trying to get it closed down so that nobody makes money. And it's just like, I'm sorry you're a miserable piece of shit and that you're able to still make money right now doing what you can, but like this is what we're doing right now. And you need to respect that because it's fucking hard to make anybody laugh, especially now when you're fucking outside and shivering fucking weather and they have the fucking heat fans or heat lamps or whatever the fuck. Like, that's some baller ass shit for a comedy show. It's like there's all these expenses that like people are going through. Like, like, dude, like people had to build like an outside gazebo pretty much to like with the fucking like dude it looked like an art and wines festival like you know like oh this is like a little patio with a little pop-up kitchen and a food truck and it was cool but you know what i mean it's just like people actually had to purchase food and then alcohol to and then buy tickets to go to these shows and i'm like man this is a fucking killing how much am i making and you know i'm not calling anybody out but some producers are a lot more generous than other producers that's all i'm going to say um, I'm not calling anybody out, but this is stand-up comedy, okay? And even if the comedians get their voice back, if it, I'm sorry, not their voice, if comedians get the power back and are able to produce their own shows at any given time, they're going to try to make as much money as possible and pay the comics the least amount as possible so they can make a living off of producing shows. And that's a real big problem right now because... A lot of people are taking the artistry and art out of stand-up and just capitalizing on it and just feeding their ego and, you know, paying their rent-controlled rent and bragging about it on Facebook. Like, okay, cool. You raised $600 this month exploiting comics. Fuck yeah. Good for you. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, I think there's some shit you shouldn't talk about uh, or try to brag about. It's like you shouldn't try to brag about, you know, giving a homeless person money or food or a ride to the emergency room. And it's just like, dude, why are you putting this shit up? You know, like you just want to just feed your ego about like how everybody wants to treat you good now all of a sudden, because if you finally found worth in yourself and so you want other people to find that same worth so they can treat you differently because they're not treating you like how you want to be treated. And I'm not projecting here. I'm just fucking looking at people and the way that they interact with, with you in real life and on social media and it's it's a fucking sham (laughs) it's a fucking sham 
Like, I don't know. Like, with me lately on social media, the only things I'm fucking sharing at all times, the only thing I'm sharing is anything related to me performing stand-up, whether it's virtual or outdoors, or um, I write jokes and I post them online. And you know what I mean? The, you know, they're non sequiturs. Sometimes the, it's a revolving theme about a story or different stories about substitute teaching and shit I just remembered because, like, a lot of crazy shit happened to me. It's like I can't substitute teach right now because the shelter in place and the fucking social distancing and fucking I can't I can't work right now as a substitute teacher. So right now all I'm doing is comedy and all the comedy I'm doing is either like, you, you know, it, it's. If I were to fucking brag about how much money I made on the internet right now, it would make me look like a loser and it would make me feel like a loser a year from now when I get the fucking notification from Facebook on this day where it tells me what I did on this day and last year. I'm like, hey, dude, I made fucking X amount of money doing stand up this month during the pandemic. Look at me. And it's just like, listen, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. That clean comedy show that I did online was my biggest payday. I didn't brag about it. I wasn't even that that wasn't even the thing that I was the most proud of. That that was my highest paying gig. I was the most proud of that that was 15 minutes that I did without cursing or swearing or talking about my dick or fucking my wife like an elephant. Like that was a show that I'm proud of because like everything that I did during that show, I utilized like i don't know different parts of my brain that i don't normally use you know like telling the story about not getting fingered by the tsa or being scared that they were going to finger me i had to change that up i had to change that up entirely you know for a clean crowd and that's still a good story that i can use and you know but what sucks is that 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 story is a six minute story but as a clean joke that's like a three and a half minute story so, you know, you got to cut out some parts and change some things up. But, you know, it's different for different people. You know, maybe I'm just, you know, just cutting out stuff and not putting in more stuff in. But that was the only time I did that clean set. I need to pretend like I have more clean sets. And actually, I've been offered more opportunities to do clean sets uh, that I'm not going to talk about specifically because I don't want to jinx it. But uh, somebody told me that there might be some gigs for me in the future that they will consider me because I can do clean now. And so, you know, that that feels great. And and it's great because one of my buddies, who my mentor, Dennis Gaxiola, stand-up comic, shout out to him, he told me three years ago, hey, man, the way to go is clean. You got to do clean. That's where you get all the corporate gigs. That's where you get the higher paying money, man. You'll be making like $30 a, a minute. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. You can't even do that. That that's that's not even possible. But yeah, that is, I didn't make that much, by the way. But but you know, thirty dollars a minute. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like hookers don't even make okay, some hookers make that. But I'm not a hooker. But let me tell you something, the segue. <laughs> segue. It's totally relevant though, too, but like I gotta tell you guys. Um the first time I ever did stand-up comedy and got paid for it, like I mentioned earlier, um, I was only three months clean from doing prescription pain pills when I started comedy. And so like a month and a half in or, or four and a half months, I was off of prescription pain pills. I got paid some money. And I was totally unemployed living at my parents' house. 
And my mom asked me, Victor, where'd you get that money from? And I said, I got it from doing stand-up comedy. She said, Victor, don't lie to me. Are you prostituting yourself out? And I said, Mom, who would pay to have sex with me? Like, Jesus Christ. You have, like, high hopes for me and shit. Like, who would pay to fuck me? And, you know, we both laughed, but I don't think she believed me. I really don't. But I'm going to tell you a different story, also true. I'm in the Tenderloin, like, my second year in comedy, and I am outside of a venue waiting for the show to start, and this big, tall, black guy comes out of nowhere, and he asked me what I'm doing, and I said, I'm waiting for this comedy show to start, and he asked me how much I'm getting paid. And I said, I don't think I'm going to get paid tonight. He says, listen, you want to come back with me tonight? I got $100 for you if you want to come back. And, you know, I started stuttering. And I started getting hella nervous, and I had to tell him no. But the truth was, like, I didn't even know I was worth that much. Like, who the fuck would pay to fuck me in $100? Jesus Christ. And this guy, like, whipped out, like, $2,300. Like, that's just the starting price. Like, come back, and we can negotiate something. I'm not even fucking around. He offered me money on the street right there, the Tenderloin. So maybe that's where my mom kind of got an inclination that maybe people would pay to fuck me. Like, she saw it before I did. Okay, because the incident I'm talking about started, I'm sorry, that where my mom doubted me when I first started comedy in 2012, where I got that money to go to 7-Eleven and buy a bunch of shit like a fucking degenerate fat fuck. And then I go home and my mom's all like, where the fuck did you get this money from? Thinking that I stole money from the for her fucking coin jar. You know, you know, Mexicans with coin jars. Mexicans either have a fucking jar full of coins or a jar full of piss or both. That's a real fucking Mexican right there. All right. We fucking fought hard to get to this fucking country, and we're not going to fucking get up to take a piss in the middle of the night. We're going to take out our fucking big Aztec cocks, uncircumcised, and peel that shit back and stick it in the Sunny D bottle. That's right, baby. If you got a thick-ass cock, the best fucking piss jar to use is a Sunny D bottle. You learn it here first at cock at Poppycock Podcast. I was going to say cocky pop because I'm a cocky poppy. <laughs> okay, that was a Freudian slip if I've ever seen one. But listen, everybody. Comedy during COVID A lot of people have been complaining They've been complaining That people are not using safety precautions outside People are complaining that the Zoom comedy shows suck Even the good ones people complain about them That somebody was fucking disruptive Listen It's just like a comedy show in real life. Like, if you're at a comedy club or at a restaurant or at a venue where they serve food and somebody drops a plate, you got to talk about that right then and there. Because that is such a distraction. You got to acknowledge it. it. It would be ridiculous not to acknowledge that happening as it happens because that is so in the moment. And you got to make this experience unique for the people, for them to fucking just... But, but also, the too, when a, when a plate hits the floor, believe it or not, people get scared. Like, what the fuck just happened? So you you got to bring them back. Like, okay, someone's getting fired. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, but you're just fucking around, obviously. Then you go in to tip the... Make sure to tip the bar and wait staff. They're working really harder tonight. I'm just fucking around. And, you, you know, they, they genuinely like that. Anytime you tell the venue... That they should tip the bar and wait staff. I don't know. That that's not that's not good advice either. Because if you're if you're featuring or headlining, the only times you do that is like when you lost the crowd and you're trying to get them back with fucking false bravado, with forced claps and forced applause breaks, which I've seen people do and I've done before in the past. But you know what? Um, 
right now I'm at the point where if I dig a hole, fuck it. I'm going to try to dig myself out of that fucking hole. And that's what I got to do to make sure that I can give the people the best show possible. And that's what I do no matter what platform I'm on, whether it's in real life, indoors, real life, outdoors, or real life on Zoom live in the moment. And, you know, during Zoom shows, people will heckle you. People will take out their dicks. People will have gifts of other guys' dicks. People will fucking have softcore porn going on with a lady with big titties just shoving them in a guy's face. There's a lot of things that people do. Uh, people have done racist heckles people have done sexist heckles and we've kicked them out we don't got fucking time for that shit fuck them you know um people that want to just like like it's like dude how fucking bored are you that you're trying to fucking get the attention of an audience that's there for a comedy show like you're a fucking loser you know what i mean even if you think i'm a loser for trying to make people laugh on zoom at least I'm fucking living my dreams what the fuck are you doing is your dream to fucking show a dick on zoom what type of fucking shitty ass goals do you have like you're out there like trying to fuck this up like i don't know though too man like i feel like people just like 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 like, try to hate on any type of thing that you try to make your life better okay like who the fuck does a zoom comedy show people who care about continuing their craft in a time when we're not allowed to perform at actual venues like comedy clubs theaters arenas i've never done an arena you know but but like ice cream shops or or bars or cantinas or mexican restaurants or french bistros or cafes or a laundromat like the brainwash r.i.p that was a great fucking spot it fucking closed in 2017 i just did the research 2017 man it's been close for three fucking years that was the worst and best day of my life because i knew right then and i was fucking sad i really cried because brainwash was my fucking jam and i was getting free food no matter who was working because i was a fat fuck and like they liked me there and so what the fuck you gonna do not get the free food and then i turned into a major alcoholic and they gave me alcohol too so i'm not saying that they fucking enabled me i'm saying that they fucking came through when i needed them the most so shout out to brainwash shout out to jojo shout out to tony sparks shout out to uh the fucking big titty cross-eyed lady that i made fun of one time when i was bombing and then she heckled me off stage and then i didn't come back for six months and then when i came back i came back with a vengeance she started booing me and heckling me for no reason and i told her look here you fucking cyclops bitch you're probably confusing me with some other fat fuck and then yeah i just fucking roasted her for fucking four minutes during a three-minute set and i still <laughs> you know that's funny because i've come a long way since then i would never disrespect a staff like that ever again in my life i was young that was like five years ago maybe six who's counting and i've been doing comedy for eight years my brain is mush since i've been off of these prescription pain pills and i'm not using it as a scapegoat i'm trying to explain to you that drugs have really taken their toll and uh, not just me on a lot of people actually i think i look great for a 35 year old recovered drug addict and technically i'm still a drug addict because i take i take uh certain medications including uh cannabis and alcohol and uh anxiety pills and that's it okay maybe acid and mushrooms and shit but the mushrooms are part of my indigenous indigenous religion all right because i'm part aztec and you know aztecs fucking take those fucking magic mushrooms and fucking make an empire all right how the fuck you think Mexicans from fucking back in the day 
were able to come up with these fucking brilliant sacrifices with the pyramids and shit. They saw visions, all right? And those motherfuckers in Egypt, they saw fucking visions. In Peru, they saw fucking visions. You know what those visions were? They were fucking peyote or cannabis or just fucking uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And they got fucked up. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the stone ape theory, but like... They think that apes evolved when they all started fucking eating magic mushrooms and they got these ideas to come together and with all this love and like, oh, you know what? We could create together. And that's what, you know, the stone ape theory is. And so I'm, when I first heard that, I was like, whoa, this is a great video to watch when you're on acid, dude. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I fucking I don't know, dude, I, I've seen a lot of videos you're supposed to watch on acid and. Some of them are scary, like, fuck, we're all going to die. That's what this fucking illustrator just fucking <laughs> composed right now in this cartoon or this graphic illustration or motion or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I really do appreciate art. I really do appreciate people uh, making animation, sick animations. You know, it, it's cool, dude. Like, people need to just follow the dreams and just be as artistic as possible because we live in a world with so much fucking hate. It's fucking terrible. So let me take a minute to hate on some motherfuckers real quick. I've done four shows. I'm not going to say which one. But I did one show where there was 24 people at the show when it started. And by the time I came on the show, there was only 16, which means eight people walked. How the fuck do you walk eight people during a pandemic show is my question. Like, for reals, what the fuck's going on? Like, dude, I would I would have called out every single one of those motherfuckers getting up if I was fucking doing that shit. And I didn't hear nobody calling nobody out. And I was just watching the show from backstage, and it was fucking crazy, man. But, you know, what are you going to do, dude? Like, like, like I, you, I didn't walk nobody. It's hard to walk somebody during the fucking pandemic is what I thought until I experienced this. And I'm just like, God damn. They still got to drive home and think about what they just did. Like, fuck, man. Weren't you just quarantined for seven and a half fucking months? Like, weren't you thinking about what you were going to say on stage? It's like, no, same horse shit you were saying before the fucking pandemic. And you know what? I'm really glad people called me out about repeating my shit during the Zoom shows. And that's why I got this plethora of new fucking jokes. I've tried. I've really tried out all 35 minutes and 30 of them work. Am I fucking great? No, but I'm on the right path and, you know, hopefully all this shit fucking hits. But I'll tell you, though, the truth is the jokes that hit the hardest are the ones that I'm excited to tell. When I'm excited to tell a joke, that joke comes out great because I have a lot of confidence in it and I believe in it. And so, you know, just liking the joke that I'm about to tell just so much just for the vibe that I'm putting out there and it helps get people to feel that vibe so they could accept it and embrace it. And so it, it, it's hard to go out to any crowd. It's hard when you look like me, you know, you got fucking body dysmorphia and your body like morphed into like one of those fucking power ranger villains and shit. Like that's what I feel like when I go on stage and I'm like, Oh no, they're going to fucking morph and try to fucking mow me down. And you know, like whatever it's just like, but what I go out there and I'm just, you feel the rush from the people looking at you, the people like you feel that intensity. Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it feels intimidating. Sometimes you're just like, oh, fuck, I can't believe this is happening. And you're happy, but you're fucking scared because you don't want to fuck this up. 
And, you know, I've been in those situations, you know, it doesn't matter. I've been in the situations opening. I've been in the situations closing. I've been in those situations in the middle. I've been in those situations where I'm supposed to go later on and the show's sucking and then they just put me up next and they're like, okay, dude, save the show. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm that great. <laughs> like, you know, and sometimes I, I will save the show. And, you know, I will because I'll fucking try my hardest even if they told me not to save the show. I've had fucking managers at comedy clubs tell me don't fuck it up. Right before I go on, yeah, that's not intimidating. But I need that type of fucking intimidation. I need that type of anxiety so I can perform better, okay? If I don't do that, I won't perform as good because I'll be like, oh, cool. Everybody loves me. Everybody's just going to take what I have to offer. And that's not the case, all right? I'm not a pretty boy. I'm not in shape. I don't have a fucking studio and shit where I can interview other people. But we're going to get that fucking handled soon. We're going to do some Zoomers. Um, we, we might do some Skypers, uh, we might do some Google meters. <laughs> I don't know what the format's going to be, but I do want to get some people on my show, comedians that I love, comedians that I respect. And I really forgot honest, God honest truth. I really do want to fucking get some people on the show that I really love, but you know, let's talk about some other shit really quick and we'll get the fuck out of here. Um, look guys, I really fucking love y'all. I think you guys are fucking great. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to talk about how life during the pandemic has changed a lot of people. And the truth is I have lost four people in my life due to COVID None of them fucking died or even got COVID. I'm just saying, during this fucking shelter in place, I've lost four pre- I've lost four friends because of my shitty personality. Can you believe that shit? But what are you gonna fucking do? You know, uh, you gotta just be able to to believe in yourself and know that things are gonna get better, even when shit is piled against you and people who were supporting you don't support you anymore. People that vouch for you are no longer gonna vouch for you, and they think you're an asshole. And nothing you can do about it so no matter what never forget that you have the power to do whatever you want you have the power to feel depressed you have the power to fucking feel empowered and when you feel empowered and you you want to make goals for yourself so you could just be a better person so your tomorrow could have like something more fulfilling to look forward to it sucks when you have nothing to look forward to. Like when I used to do heroin, when I used to do prescription pain pills. Listen, I used to call my prescription pain pills Thunder Horse because horse is heroin. And my shit was way stronger than heroin. I had Thunder Horse. My fucking Thunder Horse, that's all I fucking needed, okay? i take that shit in the morning and I would not feel my physical pain from the car accident that I endured. And I didn't feel any of my emotional pain or, or any of my... my, my anything that made me feel sad and that's what's great about those drugs a lot of people then i find out some of my heroes used heroin and i'm like fuck yeah i love that motherfucker even more it sucks because heroin was such a great thing in my life and even to this day i haven't used heroin in years and even to this day i will still stand up for heroin and say that that is the best antidepressant i've ever used in my life it was an anti-psychotic it was an anti-suicidal medication. It really helped prolong my life. 
But really, in the end, I don't know how much it's fucked up my heart and my liver and my kidneys, but we'll see soon. But um, I'm off of all that shit. I'm very grateful to be off of all that shit. I would very much encourage everybody to not do heroin. Unless you you find out you're going to die, take a bunch of fucking oxycodone. You can't take Oxycontins anymore because they're out of business because Purdue Pharma went out of business with a major lawsuit that I did not, I mean, I qualified for it, but they wanted my social security number. I was like, dude, you're some random ad I saw on Facebook. I'm not giving you my social security number. I don't give a fuck how many, what, hundreds of dollars? How many fucking, like, like hundreds of thousands of people are going to fucking apply to this shit and be like, oh, yeah, I got oxys. Because I did get oxys, and I, I could tell you the fucking pharmacies where they filled it, and I could tell you the exact doctor that fucking gave it to me. And then they still want my social security? Fuck no. I want to know how much my fucking payout's going to be before you do all that shit asshole but at any rate i don't know what a fucking scam is sometimes when somebody asks you for a social security number based off a fucking facebook ad that you're responding to yeah dude normally don't do that shit i didn't do that shit so they're not gonna scam me also my credit's fucked up so what the fuck are they gonna do with my social security number i don't fucking know what what's the worst thing they're gonna do fucking give it to some fucking russians or some fucking mexicans and fucking have them work with my fucking social security number so when i retire i'll get even more money from the money that they fucking put in is that the fucking problem by the way that's a scam a lot of people do here in the united states they give their fucking social security number to illegal immigrants from various countries and they work and so when those people with the actual social security numbers when they retire they get money i know people who are retired right now that are making money from this corrupt system but listen um i really am happy to be back after all of these months being off or not doing a podcast we're going to be doing these more regularly we're going to get guests on the show we're going to figure that out and we're going to have really good talk sessions with people i love admire and respect and i guess the people i love admire and respect the most is you guys the the listeners uh we will come out more recently i'm sorry more frequently uh for you all because these podcasts are really cool because it's a way for me to talk to you guys in an unfiltered way so you guys know where the fuck i'm coming from and I hope you guys come to my shows when they come ha- when they when they happen again in real life. Uh, if you guys want to check out what's going on with me, go to HispanicTitanic.com. Uh, I'm going to be selling some merch, some twerk on my smirk shirt. So be sure to buy those. I'll have a really good price for you. Uh, if you want to pick them up, I got an even better price for you. But go to HispanicTitanic.com or um check out the show that i'm on every single saturday at 8 p.m pacific standard time best of sf you could go to best of ss best of sf standup.com and you could register for free to check out the shows and get the link uh for the show every saturday at 8 p.m pacific standard time be sure to check us out we got a good we got a good lineup every week it's a different lineup of different comedians. They're usually locals, and I perform new comedy every single week. So I have to think about very traumatic things that I've suppressed for years and turn that into gold. <laughs> okay, it isn't really like that traumatic or anything, but sometimes you remember little things that you're like, oh, shit, that happened, and that was hilarious. You know, like when I wanted to go see Varsity Blues and there was this fucking black guy in the back of the theaters who was heckling the whole movie. He was heckling the whole movie. But but his heckles were so funny 
He was fucking hilarious. Like, from the fucking start to the end of the movie. Like, you know, it's like fucking James Vanderbeek. You know, Dawson from Dawson's Creek. He's like the fucking second-string quarterback but becomes a first-string quarterback after the first-string quarterback gets injured. Like, the like all throughout the fucking movie, this guy had something fucking funny to say. Like, the movie started, you see him fucking running to the truck, and there's this fucking fat fuck Billy Bob, and he's got a fucking pig in the back of the truck that's like his dog. And, you know, the black guy in the back of the theater screaming, oh, shit, this fat nigga's got a pig that just looked like him as a pet. And, you know, just saying hysterical shit. And, like, this movie, like, I don't even want to get into it. Vars- uh, this is, like, one of my new bits. I don't even want to talk about it right now. But it, it really is an exciting time to think about, like, going to the movie theaters and like what you miss and how things have changed and you know what you could complain about it or you can embrace the change and you know what embrace the change i know life sucks i know we've all had to adjust but for the love of god you know even if you're not a happy person please pretend to be happy when you're in public because it's really hard to be out in public right now and you acting like an asshole isn't helping so just take it from me be cool when you're outside if you're fucking sneezy or coffee Get the fuck out of the way. Just just stop standing in line. We'll, we'll, we'll know you have to compose yourself and come back. Just Or just go home, actually. Don't don't come back in line. Just leave. You're fucking sick. Don't go out. Don't go out if you're sick. Don't congregate, all right? I'm not having no fucking celebrations for shit. Nobody's congregating with me. I'm socially distant, and I'm a fucking hero. But at any rate, you guys are fucking heroes, too, for listening to this podcast. So I hope to see you guys soon. Take care of yourselves and bless. God bless. Allah bless. Yah bless. Ja bless. Ja rule bless. <laughs> at any rate, have a good one, guys. Peace.